You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. He's got it! Oh, baby! Every week, Travis Kura. That's Grey Cup me, which is a different person. And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Oh, nearly intercepted it is! And it's over! Ready, set, And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. It's Travis Curra and Brazilian Thai. That mustache looks right at home. This episode of Two and Out brought to you by AMA, where if they didn't bail me out, probably wouldn't have a show today. I when you put that in the group chat, it was like you're only doing an ask me anything for ten minutes. I don't know what's happening. And then I went to ask you a question and nothing. <laughs> well, they uh, they told me it was going to be two hours. Ten oh, minutes I later, I, I would have got off the hook. I wouldn't have had to record today. I've <laughs> already been in volleyball. I guess I should just bury a wire coat hanger in the snow in the winter, and then I'll always have a way in. I don't remember your truck having power locks. It doesn't. How did you lock your keys in there then? I was on the phone with my wife, distracted. So it's Taylor's phone. <laughs> <laughs> Say no more. That's all we need. This episode of Two and Out is actually brought to you by Edmonton Public Schools. Get ready to take the guesswork out of choosing a school. Go to Edmonton Public Schools Open House. Meet the staff and ask your questions to learn about their schools and programs. Explore your options and find the school that feels right. Find event dates and learn how to make the most out of your visit at openhouse.epsb.ca. Know before you go and feel confident and excited when you get there. All right, Ty. Free agency starts on Tuesday. Well, let's face it. See, free agency is probably already underway. Uh, with with all of the talk that's happened this week, it's it feels like it's almost all going to be decided by the time free agency rolls around next week. But I think the lead story right now is what's going on in Montreal with that ownership situation because that has really just affected everything else regarding the team right now. Macho just handcuffed. Man, I, I know that maybe there's a lot of sensationalism rolling around here. Like, I, I don't know if they're actually in danger of, you know, folding or whatever it is, but it does appear that maybe they're in the situation of looking for another buyer, which we were here just a few seasons ago. And this, I mean, if you believe some of the reporters that follow the league, kind of a stain on Randy Ambrosi a little bit here because. The league took control of the Alouettes. They led the charge on finding the new owners and chose these guys, basically. I mean, it looked like there was a ownership group locally and uh, based in Montreal. I mean, from the outside looking in, to me, that looked like the no-brainer choice. But they went with Spiegel and Stern. Spiegel passes away, unfortunate situation there the pandemic so he didn't even get to see the team that he bought play yeah and it's controlled by the estate really and 
and Stern. It, it's just a mess right now. They don't have a president. <laughs> it's all tied. It's all legalities and and red tape and stuff. And you know they had all this momentum in these last two seasons with Trevor Harris and guys like Geno Lewis and Jake Winicky and William Stanback was back and healthy for the playoffs. And you know there's this push where you want to sign those guys and keep them together because you have a chance to get to the great cup. No team in the East is super strong. You want to keep those guys together. They produced for you in the past and Gino's gone. Touchdown. Jake is gone. Trevor Harris is probably gone. Like, man, this even goes back to, I think VA and Kahari. Yeah. That doesn't help either. Just kind of trended downwards. And I know they played strong football at the end of last season with, with Trevor Harris, but they got there with Kahari and VA, and now now they're here. Now I understand Machoch is there, and he probably wanted his guy as the head coach, and Jason Moss is that guy. But you're right. Like, the 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 stars that they've lost, <laughs> the starting quarterback, Geno Lewis, top one, top two receiver in the CFL, uh, Jake Winicky, and I know he had it down 2022, down here, but. but some players that uh, we've come to know and they've produced in Montreal, and we don't know what the negotiations looked like, if they really were even able to offer them significant money like the other teams have been able to do and are able to do, but it's just a bad luck with how quiet things are in Montreal. It's not a good time to be on the lookout for a a new owner. <laughs> and, and you people are going to call that this Bush League and all that stuff. The NHL has gone through with the Coyotes and the Dallas Stars at one point. Uh, the NFL has had lead. Like it's it's something that happens because stuff gets tied up yeah. in legalities, and you know you don't want to lose a team if you got to keep if you got to keep it afloat. But, I mean, those players aren't going to be able to get the money. Yeah, you're not going, especially on a league run team. You see this, you saw this in the NHL, when, especially with Dallas. Thing was, they were lowballing guys. They weren't lowballs. They were just what they could make sense because you know you can't you can't give them that extra three million dollars. Yeah, right when you're a league run team, it's just like wow, kind of looks bad whether they can go out in free agency and get it, and because the league doesn't want to run a huge a huge tab there, they just kind of want to be at the salary floor. I'm guessing there's going to be a few additions that we talk about here that by Tuesday could change and uh, they could actually sign a paper with another team, but that's okay. It does appear that Jake Winicky and Trevor Harris are going to go to Saskatchewan. And all of a sudden there's a little bit more, uh, I think with these few signings of an optimistic feeling in Saskatchewan, at least a little bit more than about a month ago. Uh, For some. And Trevor Harris isn't the most, I would say exciting quarterback in the CFL, but he's a pretty accurate guy. He can get the ball off quickly, which would help an offensive line that may just struggle. Yeah, I mean, you an wanna, offensive line that is red light Rossico. You want like, to see, hey, great, great reference there. You want to see more sixes than threes, obviously, with uh, Trevor Harris leading the charge there. Well, with Bam. Moss gone. Yeah. Uh, I'm a bit surprised that the money 
that uh, the Saskatchewan's going to pay him. He's getting bowl money. He's getting half a million a season. And I'm kind of surprised that the money floating around overall this uh, free agency period already. The Trevor Harris money isn't what worries me. It's the money they paid somebody else to be the top paid American defensive player in the CFL. Anthony Lanier, a quarter million dollar contract. Good for him. For yeah, that's great. Paid. That's great. Like, good for him. I'm not faulting him as like well, it's not course. his fault that they offered it. Like, yeah, duh, you sign it. It's Sean Horkoff signing that five and a half million dollar deal, and people hating him. Well, it's not his fault. But like, I don't know if that's the right move. And you give that money to to Harris. Don't know what Winnikey's coming in at yet. I don't think anything's been kind of leaked there. Yeah. The O-line hasn't really been addressed. Now, maybe maybe they improve over last year and they don't have to make a bunch of changes. But, I mean, it was so bad that I, I see it as BC's offensive line two years ago where it needs, like, almost a complete overhaul. I think Harris is uh... – I think would help with that. Riley would hold onto the ball longer to let the yeah. deep routes uh, develop, and Fajardo would hold onto the ball too long, too. I, I think that'll help. Uh, I mean, Anthony Lanier, he, he, he's only played 22 games of the CFL, 11 last year. In those 11 games, though, he did have eight sacks. He did force two fumbles. So there's a lot riding, I think, on him staying healthy, though. Uh, the, the concussion issues that lingered last year, and, of course, those things in linger, and you don't want to see that happen more to <laughs> any other guy. But, man, the, I, I was surprised with the big money there, and that's going to help a guy like Pete Robertson, who was on fire defensive end yeah. for the Riders last year. Like, when he was at the top of the league in yeah. sacks, it was like, who? Yeah. Like, what is happening? He got hurt. And then, uh, yeah. The Marino thing happens, and uh, that the defensive line went like, both sides of the line were yeah. decimated at one point. It was like, I mean, what are we even doing? Like, it, it hurt to watch some nights. They were just unable to get any pressure and stop the pressure. That That's yeah. what it came down to. Now, Darius Siraco looks to be headed to Saskatchewan, the young offensive lineman, which I think is a pretty good add for the Riders. He was drafted in the first round in 2018 uh, by the Ticats. Uh, he ended up being their nomination for the most outstanding rookie, and he was in Ottawa last year. That's a pretty good addition to the offensive line for the Riders. Now, we're going to see here, Dan Clark hasn't been extended a contract offer yet. Uh, they both play center. Is Siraco the replacement? Or are they both going to find a spot on the O-line next year? They've brought well, didn't, in... Clark didn't start out as a center, though. Yeah, so... Right? We'll... He, he had to move there, didn't he? I thought I thought he was the center from the beginning, but we'll uh, we'll we'll see what kind of shuffling they make happen in uh, Saskatchewan, or if he's going to be back uh, at if all. They, if really. they feel like Sirocco can just take a spot and make a little yeah. less money than having to pay a vet like that, yeah. But I mean, do you want to keep him around? Veteran leadership and all that stuff you hear about in the room, yeah. 
Yeah. They bring in Eric Lofton, who was a practice roster body for the Bombers last year uh, on the offensive line, and Stefan Banks, a defensive uh, uh, lineman with the Stampeders last year, who uh, was kind of a rotational guy as well. So the Riders have been pretty busy. And anytime you can sign somebody away from Calgary, it usually turns yeah. out well for a season or two at least. Yeah, yeah. Now, the Riders also see Cody Fajardo go to Montreal, and which is interesting because a lot, of the, Moss is there. a lot of the talk in Regina was that maybe these two don't really see eye to eye. Yeah. And, I mean, they got into it a few times on the sidelines. Like, you can which think, I like. I like to see. Yeah, like both competitive. They both like they're going to argue about stuff. What you want? You don't want just a yes guy in either position. But it, it did make it seem like just the lack of success the offense had. Moss doesn't like to run the ball. I mean, it, it, it just didn't give Cody any help. I mean, the Owls could have probably made a low ball offer to get Dane Evans off of the Tiger Cats. Why though? Uh, so they had a. That's gonna. What's gonna happen there? Like, are they just gonna straight up have to release him and then pick him up for nothing? Uh, some team in the CFL. That, that's a somebody. Somebody with a bona fide starter. Yeah, you're you're not putting him in your number one. Yeah, and it's clear that the decision to put Fajardo on the bench late last season for the Riders was not Jason Moss's call. Then, no. right? No, I'm, I'm I'm sure that that was Dick. Dickinson's call and the way Dickinson handled it was embarrassing as well. Like I, yeah, it was so it was bad look for everybody. Um, but yeah, with Fajardo reportedly going to, or that's kind of what everybody's guessing really Yeah, going. I mean, it makes it seem like the relationship, sorry, the relationship between him and Moss is good. Um, yeah. And I don't know, will Moss be the OC as well? He probably is going to pull uh, double duty. Double duty. Yeah. I mean, and they'll do that because it'll save them some money, yeah, right? Yeah. So it yeah. makes sense. And I mean, they've got the familiarity. You don't have to install. You don't have to go through a huge install with Fajardo as much as you do the other guys. So, I mean, that could help. The Owls have been quiet on the re-signing front, obviously. Kayon Julian Grant, the Canadian, is back. And so's uh, Chandler Worthy, who had a breakout mm-hmm. last year on special teams. Uh, quickly, Calgary has been quiet as well. What, what's really standing out is some of the losses. But we do see this with Calgary every few years. They got yeah. these star players, and they go away. Now, Darnell Sankey was one of them. I don't know if he's going to be back in Saskatchewan, so it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. Mm-hmm. Sankey was a Stampeder, plays in Saskatchewan last year. They've re-signed uh, Larry Dean in Saskatchewan. So we're going to see where Jameer Thurman goes this year. It appears that he may be going to Hamilton. That is quite the addition to that Tiger Cats defense. Will he be the guy in the middle of that defense as Simone Lawrence is a free agent this year? Is he going elsewhere? Is he going to retire? Or are they going to find it, ways to yeah. have both of them in the linebacking core? I, I think that's what they want, like especially with hosting this year. I, they yeah. don't want what Saskatchewan got or what happened to Saskatchewan. They like, don't want to lose guys and have guys go down and not have you know 
things that fell in and then you just had a lost season where you could have the opportunity to win at home. Um, I don't think I think the only way you want to lose some money for nothing is if he retires, you don't want to just let him walk. I don't think. Yeah. And if you can find a way to get both of them, Jesus. I know. I know. Uh, because it does appear the Ticats have lost Jovan Santos Knox, mm-hmm. and he'll be going to Ottawa. Calgary, very quiet, but they always are during free agency. Uh, it always shows up in training camp, and it's like, where'd this guy come from? Yeah. That's just what they do. But the bone crusher, Derek Dennis, uh, broke his leg last year. Uh, I think if they made it to the Grey Cup, he probably would have been able to play. Which is wild. Yeah, he's back in Calgary for one more ride. He says it's going to be his <laughs> final season in the CFL. And like, he, he was at a high level last year, too. Why does he have to say that? Because then we have to cheer for Calgary. <laughs> it, just, it just feels dirty. <laughs> Ottawa has been quite busy. They've got a pretty strong quarterback tandem locked up, at least I think so. Jeremiah Mazzoli and Nick Arbuckle. I think that's a pretty good tandem, about yeah. as good as you can ask for these days in the CFL. And, and it's not like you're going to rely on Arbuckle to do a lot yeah, unless Masoli gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Right, but mm-hmm. I mean, good for short. Take a lot of the hits off of Masoli in short yardage and all that stuff. You can trust yeah. him, and, and you can still run stuff out of that, right? Because you have a guy that can do it. It's not like with Chris Strebler. Yeah, Strebler did it, but you know, he, you're just mainly waiting for him to plunge forward and try to run through the wall, run through all the blocks. Whereas no. Arbuckle can roll out and do all that other stuff. A little Last better. year, Ottawa overhauled pretty much the entire roster, but big on the offensive line. And they brought in some veterans and changed that whole whole thing along the line. Well, a big addition here as the Red Blacks signed Drew Desjardins, the former Winnipeg Blue Bomber, ended up going to the NFL. He spent time with the Patriots and the Saints during the season He's coming back to Canada, and he will be playing with the Ottawa Red Blacks. So that is a big addition mm-hmm. along the offensive line for Ottawa. Uh, we see that Antoine Pruneau has retired. He's going to be joining the Montreal Caravan as a coach, and they re-signed Tavon Smith, the receiver, and Money Hunter, the DB. So Pruneau in six years will be in Montreal. Probably. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's talk about Edmonton here, who they're making noise like they always do. Now, shortly after our last episode of the show, AC Leonard got released mm-hmm. by the Rough Riders on the defensive line. Uh, another guy that had a tough season in 2022, and he was set to be the highest paid defensive lineman in the Canadian Football League this year. He was due a $40,000 bonus on February 1st. Riders let him go. Shortly after that, look at that. He's in Edmonton. Chris Jones bringing his guys. I think Jones is the guy that converted him from uh, looked like a receiver to a defensive end. Clearly a very athletic guy. But Luches Purifoy, Ed Ganey, those guys that were balling on the Rough Rider Chris Jones defense, going to be playing on the Edmonton Chris Jones defense. Another rider. Headed to Edmonton, receiver Kyron Moore, and former Ticat Stephen Dunbar. Very good deep threat with the Tiger Cats is going to Edmonton. And at this moment, 
kind of it appears it was between Edmonton and Saskatchewan. Geno Lewis might be going to Edmonton. Now, if he does, like, is Taylor Cornelius going to be an MOP candidate here, Ty, or what? Oh, man. (laughs) That makes our preview show just a nightmare. (laughs) Like, Geno Lewis, Dylan Mitchell, Stephen Dunbar, Kyron Moore. Yeah. Suddenly, there's a lot of excitement in the receiving core in Edmonton. And I have proof. I was talking to Andrew a couple weeks ago. And or maybe when the the window opened and just you get some noise and something like Edmonton's making the playoffs. Like they are in this year. Chris Jones says he's got the guys he needs on defense. And if he has a good receiver, he'll turn him into a DB that he needs. And they'll be laughing. I, like stink, <laughs> the way that they're going about it, like they don't have to pay Cornelius a whole crap ton of money. They're able to put some weapons out there for him. The defense, I mean, it's a Chris Jones defense. Uh, you know, and yeah, we last year was a struggle. We knew that. Everybody knew that coming in. He's it's a rebuild. And you gotta do it on the fly, really in the CFL. It's only you can tear down and go through the draft. So uh yeah, I I, I honestly believe though, this gives them that. And I'm not, I'm thinking like West Division. I'm not thinking crossover. Well, Jake Ceresna, AC Leonard on the D yeah. line, and Jamin Pelly. Now, I believe he declared for the NFL draft, but if he stays in Canada and he's playing D tackle. Yeah. All, <laughs> no, thank you. The Elks have built it pretty, pretty quickly here, and we kind of knew that would happen. With Chris Jones. And, now, and Chris Jones has guys that want to play for him. Like, yeah, we all think he's yeah. a dick sometimes and everything like that. But some of his yeah. players just will run through a brick wall for him. 100%. And uh, it appears that Gino is going to be getting the $300,000, which kind of seems to be the benchmark now for big-name receivers. And we were openly wondering if that was going to happen again, like it happened last year with Kenny the King Lawler. Yeah, It appears that some reports have seen that he's looking for a million bucks over three years. I don't think that's going to happen. But Gino, to get that kind of money, is, is massive as well. And it appears Edmonton's got the resources to pay him. That'll be big. Uh, yeah. And, man, I, if he he could still go to Saskatchewan. We'll see. But as of this moment, uh, Edmonton in the lead there. For Hamilton, Don Jackson has retired at running back. Explosive runner when he was on the field. Mm-hmm. A lot of times he was dealing with injuries, though, especially in his Hamilton tenure. So right now the Tiger Cats are down to – Wes Hills and Sean Thomas Erlington for their running backs. So they are in the They don't care. Yeah, that's true. They don't run anyway. I truly believe, though, I I would like to see Wes Hills get the shot. Like 20 carries a game. Yeah, that guy, he could be a wrecker in the East Mm -hmm. Division, but it appears the Ticats are in the hunt for uh, James Butler, who is a free agent and had a nice year with BC last year. They brought in defensive tackle Casey Sales, 
who uh, spent last year with Winnipeg. They've re-signed Ted Laurent. They're looking at bringing in Kwaku Boateng, who had a big start to his career uh-huh. in Edmonton. And then he he got hurt in Ottawa. And now it looks like he's going to Hamilton. So this news makes me think that they're going to be out on Micah Johnson, and he's yeah. going to be available this coming season. That is uh, interesting, interesting news. But, I mean, these moves here, I really think that the Ticats defense is going to be making a run, and they're going to be tough to beat, uh, especially at home with that Grey Cup coming up at Tim Hortons Field. But I think a new name that's been added to the free agent pool, Cariel Brooks, released by the Ticats. It might be a nice addition for a CFL team this year. Yeah, I mean, anytime that a DB is a household name, it's for one of two yeah. reasons. It's either because yeah. they're Nick Marshall esque <laughs> or they're good. <laughs> Matt Schiltz has re signed in Hamilton, so we've got Schiltz and Mitchell in black and gold. Now, it looked like they were going to try to make a deal for Dane Evans before free agency. Now, this could bite me in the ass because in the last episode, I said, ah, it looks like Trevor Harris is going to stay in Montreal. <laughs> the, the next day. I'm so glad I missed that. <laughs> now, it looked like they were going to try to do something for Evans before free agency. I, I don't know if that's going to happen now. Do you see him just getting released and then signing on with somebody when there's an injury or what's going to happen here? Yeah. I don't know if there's a lot of demand for Dane Evans. So I, I don't know if there's a trade market for it. Uh, if you release him, yeah, you might lose him. Uh, but if, if nobody wants to trade for him, I mean, maybe they just don't want to make any, they just don't want to pay him anything other than money. Um, you know, there's that chance that nobody get, goes after him, and if you need him, he'll still be there. But then he becomes your McLeod Bethel Thompson with that kind of treatment. Would he want to come back? I don't know if he's yeah. kind of guy. It's it's tough to say. Um, but yeah, I just I, I his days. I, I I don't know why you bring him. If you're not going to have the three of them, I don't think because Dane Dane's not going to make you know seventy five thousand no, dollars. No, so. I just don't think there's the money there to bring him in. I I don't know who would like. Do you go with a Fajardo and an Evans tandem? <laughs> that sounds like playing with fire, man. <laughs> oh, like that's yeah. That's I I just I don't know what you like. BC has their quarterback situation. I think basically figured out. Edmonton. I don't know if you want to throw him into that, or if, like even Chris Jones. I want to bring him in. For that, Saskatchewan, Harris, uh, do you want him backing up Mayor and Calgary? Like the money too has to is an issue because he's he's been a start he started games so I mean played in great cups yeah he's not gonna want to take that huge pay cut to be a backup I think he, if nobody takes him and nobody wants to trade for him I think he kind of waits and that I don't think that helps him either. Let's talk about Winnipeg where uh, Janarian Grant. 
I think a lot of people got to know him last year, bringing the ball to the house for the special teams. Uh, Nick Dembski, I kind of wondered if this was going to come down to the wire, but he's staying in Winnipeg as well. And they've also re-signed Alden Darby. So he doesn't need to go to Toronto or Hamilton and get traded back. Uh, yeah. He's going to stay put in Winnipeg. But it does look like Kenny the King Lawler is set to make his return where his career started to Winnipeg. Now, I don't think that... They can't. They, I don't think <laughs> Walters could no. give him the 300 k plus that Lawler was looking for. Clearly, the selling point is winning. Clearly, the selling point is playing with Zach Kolaris, and then he'd be playing alongside Nick Dembski, uh, Dalton Schoen, and... Yeah, look, himself. Uh, so we'll see if there's... <laughs> like I think that would be a phenomenal pairing because when Lawler was in Winnipeg before, we didn't get a full year of, you know, Kolaris doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Now, now we've got that. <laughs> I, I think the Winnipeg offense, there's been a shift... Uh, ever since uh, Buck Pierce took over, ever since Andrew Harris left, they can make you pay with the aerial attack, which uh, we got used to them running and running it down your throat and beating up teams. Yeah. Now they can do both. And if they got Lawler and Schoen, that's quite the duo yeah. in Winnipeg. But Kyle Walters knows, like, he's not going to overpay, I don't think, for... Like I mean, if yeah. it's one missing piece and you, and you got the room, then yeah, maybe a bit of an overpay. But with the core and everything, right? You, I mean, you gotta be able to have some flexibility. And I don't. I don't think that he's gonna make the same mistake Edmonton did with that three hundred thousand dollar contract. I just don't see it. Rashid Bailey is a uh, pending free agent for Winnipeg. He might be an interesting pickup for somebody. Also, Greg Ellingson. If he's going to continue his uh, CFL career, he he still had that chemistry with Kolaros to start last year, but I can't see them being able to keep those guys if they're going to be paying Kenny Lawler that money. Toronto Argonauts, I kind of wondered if things were going to fall apart for them this offseason. Like if they were going to have to start Chad Kelly, hey, maybe they're a team that has to go after Dane Evans. Who knows? Uh, but McLeod Bethel. Well, Thompson, I mean, it's the same. Yeah. It's not like you'd have to buy a new place. Yeah, that's true. That's true. McLeod <laughs> Bethel Thompson informed the Argos that he's going to play in 2023, and it's the only team that he's interested in playing for. Uh, they've also said Andrew Harris is going to come back for one more one season. One more shot. Oh. <laughs> in Toronto. But there was an interesting announcement regarding Andrew Harris today. Uh, starting next year, he is going to be the head of football operations uh, for the Vancouver Island Raiders for five years. And he's going to be the head coach there starting in 2024. So I have to assume that this is the last time that we see Andrew Harris on the field. Uh, he did just play in the Grey Cup against his old Winnipeg Blue Bombers in Regina. What a game it was. Uh, they've made some key signings or extensions in Toronto as well, uh, including Curly Gittens Jr., 
Devaris Daniels, Deshaun Amos, Winton McManus, Boris Beatty, Royce Mechie, and the stereotype of Calgary East continues because it appears that Falarin Arimalade of the Calgary Stampeders is heading to Toronto and tie big money. $240,000 in 2023, including a six-figure signing bonus and a quarter million in 2024. This makes him the highest paid at his position in the CFL. Willie Jefferson, Lorenzo Malden make 200 in hard money. A Rimalade, 27 years old, uh, and in the West semifinal, he had six tackles, two sacks, and one forced fumble in that loss to BC. That's a big add and another loss to that Calgary Stampeders defense. But the Argos are going to be happy to have him because they might be losing uh, Enoch Mwamba. Is Mwamba going to play? That's question number one. And is he going to stay in Toronto? Question number two, right? Yeah, I mean, he got he's got a great cup. I mean, you don't want to be Daryl Waltrip and stick around and not win <laughs> anything for yeah. nine years, right? Yeah. Like, if he wants to go, I think now would be the time. And he can go on his own terms, right? He's not going to end it with an injury. You're healthy. Like, I mean, if, the, if this is what you want, it, now would be the time to do it. I think signs kind of point to him not coming back uh, since they re-upped Winton McManus Manus, yeah. and they made that trade with the BC Lions. Uh, linebacker Jordan Williams is heading mm-hmm. to Toronto for a first-round pick in the 2023 CFL draft. Williams was drafted number one overall in 2020, and he had a good season last year. Uh, In 32 games, he's had 181 tackles, 12 special teams tackles, three forced fumbles, one sack, and one interception. The Lions are going to go with Ben. Who is he, Larry Dean? (laughs) Ben Halatic and Bo Lacumbo are going to be the starting linebackers in BC. They had a little bit of depth there, so they got themselves a first-round pick. And Toronto is able to get him on the last year of his rookie deal, you know that Williams is going to get a raise after yeah. this year. Um, well, and and the age too. Like I mean, yeah. You look at you look at that Toronto defense. Like they're a very large veteran presence. There is <laughs> last, last year, and even coming into this year. Yeah, yeah. Defensive lineman Josh Banks as or, or no, he signed in uh, BC. BC. Uh, sorry, but uh, Toronto making some making some big moves, but mm-hmm. might as well talk. Uh, BC. Josh Banks has signed there. Woody Barron has extended Vernon Adams Jr. through 2024. And Dominic Davis has signed there as well. So now... I guarantee you, nobody (laughs) in BC wants Dom Davis starting football games. Well, uh, is he going to be the leading... uh... Rushing touchdown. Touchdowns, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> very, very probable. <laughs> now, maybe there's going to be some landing spots here, like Antonio Pipkin, Michael O'Connor. Mm-hmm. They've got some interesting names listed on the roster in BC. Of course, Vernon Adams Jr. is the guy. 
but how are things going to fall into place after that? Suk Chung has extended in BC, and the Lions have made a very big signing on the offensive line. Michael Couture is going to Vancouver. Uh, he was a second-round pick by the Bombers in 2016. He's played in 93 games over six seasons with the Bombers. He's from Burnaby, BC. He played at Simon Fraser, so now he's going to be playing uh, in his backyard uh, for the BC Lions, which is good for that offensive line because right mm-hmm. now it looks like Joel Figueroa is on his way out. Yeah, I mean, we talked, we kind of touched briefly on O-lines and how bad one of them was two years ago, and now they completely turned yeah. it around. Yeah. I mean, it was a different, and I mean, Nathan Rourke has a lot to do with that. He's very mobile when he was back there, uh, was able to get rid of the ball quickly at times. So that helps, and they overhauled everything. Um, you know, losing Figueroa, but being able to get Couture in there, like, I mean, yeah. they're... He's not an offensive tackle, but it'll help. No. But it'll help, uh, like, solidify the inside, and, and you can go out and find a tackle that's better than Tony Washington, more than likely. Man, I'm a I'm mean today. <laughs> but, but, I mean, they're not having huge losses, right? They're not losing two, three guys. It's one guy. This episode you, of you Tuna. You can get that. Hey, and Gary Peters sticking around in BC yeah. as well, so that's big. Uh, this oh, they'll ep- have 700 interceptions. <laughs> this episode of Two and Out for the Well Endowed podcast by the Edmonton Community Foundation. It explores the impact of passionate people who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. The latest episode was episode 140, titled More Than Food. Uh, it's all about uh, Aubriana Snow uh, learns how the Edmonton Food Bank goes beyond food to support community members. Edmonton's Food Bank was actually the first one to open in Canada back in 1981. Annually, the food bank distributes about 6 million kilograms of food. It's uh, it's good that they're there. We just call it like 12 point whatever million, million pounds. pounds. I mean, it's it's good that they're there. Unfortunate that it's needed, though, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah. In in December, the Edmonton Community Foundation provided the food bank with a BIPOC grant to help bring in more options for culturally culturally relevant foods. You can listen to this episode and more at the Well Endowed Podcast dot com. All right, we still got some questions to address when free agency opens. Like, where is Jagarid Davis going to help us? Decide what one half of the Grey Cup will be. Uh, what if he goes to Edmonton? Wow. Wow. <laughs> I, I don't think they could pull that off, but <laughs> that would be something else. Hey, if we know anything about Chris Jones, that anything is possible. That's true. If you uh, don't believe in the salary cap. <laughs> We got some interesting names still out there. Tim White wants himself a raise. Uh, he, he had 94 catches for over 1,200 yards last year. Is Sean Lemon going to get a raise? And is he going to get it with yeah. the Calgary Stampeders? Probably, and then they'll trade him. <laughs> Darius Pickett uh, from Montreal is available. Darnell Sankey. 
Mm-hmm. What's going to happen with him? Cameron Kelly of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, Chris Edwards of the Toronto Argonauts. Jamal Roll of the Tiger Cats. He, he needs to go back to Edmonton because they, they're the furthest from the field. The fans are the furthest from the field there, I think, aren't they? <laughs> Edwards? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Uh, <laughs> Micah Johnson, he's going to be 35 by the time next uh, year rolls around. Still, so. still a disruptor in the middle of the defense. Yeah. Julian Hauser of Hamilton. Uh, Greg Ellingson. Interesting name that uh, could be out there. Brandon Dandridge, the uh, DB with Ottawa, 26 years old, uh, mm-hmm. spent time in the NFL, but he's back and ready to go. And then Joel Figueroa, we mentioned him as well. Yeah, this is uh, an interesting CFL free agency. I don't know if we've ever seen this much, like the calm before the storm, you know, yeah. but this is not. <laughs> Uh, calm before the storm. <laughs> this is this is like when the sky starts turning that weird greenish blue, like you know something's up. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. like everyone's and, and gonna and be sirens going off. Yeah. In an hour on um, free agency, yeah. the NHL will be did this, and ev- yeah. and they're like, you're not allowed to talk about money, not allowed to talk about yeah. term and bonuses and stuff like that. <laughs> Boom. 12 or like whatever time frames you opened on Canada Day that year. Boom, 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 boom. Say, well, this didn't work. <laughs> they were, it obviously didn't work because everybody knew Lucci was going to Edmonton and way too much money for too long a term. And then and then Dane Evans will be the John Travolta Pulp Fiction in the empty room. Like, <laughs> where am I? on the toilet still. Where is everyone? Yeah. <laughs> Well, there it is, this episode of To and Out. Uh, you can subscribe uh, on your favorite podcatcher. Don't, don't review this episode because I don't want to hear about how terrible the audio <laughs> is. I don't have a mic today. <laughs> you can subscribe and ring the bell on YouTube as well. Leave a comment on there. Leave a like. Now, uh, normally this would have come out the day before free agency, but I'm going to be in Jasper celebrating my anniversary and Valentine's Day we don't have to trudge through snow. Yeah, like I don't know, man. I I feel like March is going to be full of blizzards, isn't it? I hope not. <laughs> I I don't trust this. I'm I'm hoping we stay like plus temperatures out in BC and we get shut down early. I'm home for the Masters. <laughs> Golf season starts a little bit earlier. I'm thinking you know, of you, all, buddy. The, all the good stuff. Good luck. Good luck. Hey. We will talk to you in a few weeks. Happy Valentine's Day. Ty. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.